And we're back. For those of you who want to dig deeper into CMO dilemmas with Michael Brenner of NewsGrid, you've come to the right Google Hangout. Uh, Michael, welcome back. Thanks, Joe. We, we were just having a really interesting conversation about the challenge of customers trying to plan their content strategy for uh, 2014. So you can check out that first video to get more on that. But Michael, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> uh, just to start out this one with kind of a pr provocative question. What if I were to advocate, which I often do, that a CMO should radically restructure the people working underneath them, move a lot of the branding and messaging people to the side, put an experienced journalist in, in charge of most of the marketing as a content person, and have the marketing tech people report to the journalist? What would you say to that? I would completely agree. Uh, in fact, I've, I think I've predicted two years in a row now, this will be my second year, that um, that those traditional silos are going to disappear, and and I see th I see three areas I see data, technology, and content as the three components of an effective marketing organization. And and you know I don't know that anyone else has articulated it that way. If you look at companies like HubSpot, they talk about early funnel, mid funnel, late funnel type people, um, and some events. Right, you've always got to have events people. Um, but uh, uh, but even events, I mean, even branding and advertising, you can put into uh, you know, one of those three buckets, probably most likely the content area. And so, yeah, I don't know that I would put the technology or the data people under the content person, um, but I do think that they're equally as important, right? So the content, it, it kind of goes back to what marketing is in the begin with, right? And, and marketing, uh, people think marketing equals advertising. And, you know, I mean, it, I, I wasn't a marketing major or even a business major. I was I was one of those uh, one of those weird nerds that did English literature, but uh, I did take a marketing one on one course, and there were four P's to marketing. Right? It wasn't just promotion, and yet most people think marketing was promotion. So I, you know, I think I think the content folks are the ones who understand that marketing is a conversation between a company and their audience, and then the data people are the ones that understand what the what the messaging, what those digital signals that come back, um, what they mean, and how they should be implemented. And the technology, that's the infrastructure that helps the whole operation work. So that's the way I see it. I don't know if there's any organizations out there that really implement it that way, but I think that's what's coming. Yeah, I was just at a digital marketing summit in Boston, um, Argyle, and I didn't pick up on companies that have solved all these pieces. I think we are seeing success stories with particular parts of it. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I, I'm advocating this plan, but I don't know of any company that's quite done this, but putting the marketing tech people underneath uh, an experienced journalist and editor is because I find that so many of the modern marketing tech people that are up on marketing tech are measuring a lot of the wrong things um, and wasting a lot of time on things like, oh, I have sentiment analysis now so I can tell that my brand is is trending negative today and who put out that horrible blog and and then the next thing you know the they're on the phone with that blogger yelling at them about you know what they how could they have said that? And they affected, you know, in, in the back, they're thinking, i got to get my sentiment score back up. And that's just a bunch of crap. I mean, yeah. what, what I think would be interesting to measure is, okay, we identified a problem in this blog. So part of the problem was that the blogger didn't have the right information. So we're going to connect that blogger in with better, better information in the future going forward. Part of the problem is the blogger raised a legitimate point, which we're going to follow through in our product development and also in our service department. And then we're going to set up a, a way of tracking the progress of that within six months or a year. See, those are the measurements that I think are more interesting. And instead, all I'm hearing about is, oh, we trended on our hashtag on Twitter today. And 
So the, the reason I want the marketing tech people to report to the content people is I don't think the marketing tech people are measuring the right stuff. Yeah. So end of soapbox. I, I'm with you 100%. I've, I've written a couple rants on, on what I called share of conversation. I think sentiment is crap as well. Uh, but when I think when brands start to look at share of conversation, they they understand like at SAP, you know, we looked at big data, we looked at cloud, and we saw that you know Oracle, IBM were at the competition. It was like I said, it was people like you and people like Ray Wang and and, and others who uh, really are are you know they're the host of the party, and we weren't barely even invited. You know, I, I we showed up and we're happy there was guacamole. Uh, you know, we weren't leading. We certainly weren't leading the conversation. We definitely weren't the host. And and so when you think of it, I think from the lens of the market is having a conversation. You're lucky to be invited. You're even more lucky if you're hosting or leading in many ways that conversation. But that should be the goal. Completely agree. So you've talked to me about the CMO challenge and several things that the CMO can evolve into. Um, you talked about creating a culture of content, breaking the campaign mentality, uh, demanding results-driven performance, which gets back to the right metrics you and I were just talking about, um, using that higher performance and digital behavior to to push for a seat at, at the boardroom table. Mm -hmm. Is that a pretty good summary of, of your view on where the CMO should go? Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. And and have you seen any CMOs that have made strides towards this? I I think you had mentioned one to me by email, but I don't know if you want to call her out in this podcast yeah. or not. But yeah, Beth Comstock. I mean, you know, she's a great example of I think a CMO that's driving change, uh, not just for her company, but I think leading. She's a, she's an example of what the CMO of the future can look like, right? So if you think about her background, right? So she she was in marketing, and then she she was you know sort of in classic GE fashion plucked up and, and asked to lead a business, a whole business unit for GE. And the business unit leaders are, are everything um, at GE, right? They're the ones with all the power. And then she was asked to, you know, sort of go back and run marketing again. And and what's fascinating there is, you know, so she's she's a CMO with a seat at the table. Not only does she have a seat at the table, but she can say, hey, I, I used to be one of you guys, right? I, I understand what it's like to run a business. And and when you look at marketing like a business, you don't you don't just grab budget throw it over in an agency, ask them to come up with some creative idea, uh, you know, send them on a plane, you know, private jet with some fancy photographer into some exotic location and spend a lot of money on media. I mean, you know, the, this sort of classic traditional advertising model uh, is just not something that you can do when you look at marketing from the lens of the business. And so she sits at the board table. She represents her customers. She uh, thinks of herself, I think, as the, um, as the steward of the brand. Meaning that you know she sort of is responsible for the culture, and uh, and the and the marketing programs that they implement, and, and we're all pretty familiar with them, right? They're highly experimental. They're totally brand publishing like in nature. You know, their Tumblr blog. Uh, um, you know, they, they've got they've just done a great job at at starting to tell the story, not just about GE, but about innovation and invention, which is you know sort of back to their core purpose. So I think she's a shining example of how to take. Um, you know, remove the sort of check the box, do it because I told you to sort of marketing, um, classic campaign mentality. Uh, you know, it's it's highly experimental, totally content marketing driven. I think it's interesting to con compare like a smaller startup kind of company like 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 my company, Diginomica Media Outlet, versus the challenges of a larger organization like 
because I think the two things you're trying to conquer here is you're trying to create remarkable content on the one hand and then take advantage of all kinds of marketing technology and analytics to track that content but ultimately to improve the customer experience, right? I mean, that's what we're coming back to. Yeah. And and where I think the big challenge is, is, okay, if I put out a good piece of content, then there's all these feedback loops. People are approaching me on all these channels. They're calling, they're emailing. Because I'm in a smaller company, it's pretty easy for me to manage those channels and give someone a similar experience of dealing with me and my company across those channels. But for big companies, this is a huge issue, right? Because someone might love a piece of content that you wrote, but then they call into your call center <laughs> and uh, they have a terrible experience and the yeah. person doesn't even know who you are. And so, so isn't there a connection there between content and the overall experience? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big failures of marketing in the 21st century is, is that we haven't, we've sort of forgotten what happens post-purchase and retention, customer service, and the full experience have been in many ways left behind. Um, and, and, and yeah, what we're seeing is that in many large organizations, content marketing is still a tactical solution to a tactical problem. It's it's sort of like you know, hey, we we created an ebook uh, and we think it might be pretty good, so we're doing some content marketing. Um, but effective content marketing is a strategic approach to identifying all the information needs the audience has, from from you know from search to purchase to post purchase, uh, customer service and retention. So yeah, it's. It's, it's a mentality and it's a thinking process that, that starts from the beginning and ends with happy customers and making sure that as an organization you're effectively producing the right answer to the right person at the right time. So yeah, I completely agree. But that chain is a CMO's challenge also, right? Because we're talking a lot about the CMO pushing for boredom credibility, but the implications you're talking about are a lot more collaboration, not just between CMO and and. NIT, but between service, support, sales, like there's going to have to break down all those barriers to, to fulfill that job description, I think. Well, service support, the, the interesting one, and this is one of the sort of my, my long-range trends for marketing is, you know, HR is the new marketing department, right? So the CMO and the head of HR have to be inextricably linked because, you know, there's a lot of like, like in fact, my wife works at SAP is, uh, in the employer branding group. So she's trying to sell SAP as an employer of choice trying to market the culture of the company. Um, and so, you know, that's totally a marketing type of activity, and yet HR is really the, the, the benefactor of those kinds of programs. Um, and why are we doing this? Because it's, it's, it's we as the employees who are the touch points to our customers and to our investors and to, uh, you know, potential influencers. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, the CMO can't just sit in the boardroom. I mean, the CMO is going to have to drive culture throughout the organization. HR is a huge component of that going forward. Yeah, definitely. I want to uh, just hit on one issue that's been a bugaboo of mine lately. I just want to ask you, are, are email newsletters broken? Because we have this huge thing around email where some people have been like, well, you know, it's all about social. But what we found, of course, is that email is still the key to really putting butts in seats at events and driving engagement. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if it's true of everyone, but... I just find the amount of newsletters I get by email and how irrelevant they are and how few of them really seem like they're addressing my needs. Or I'll go to an event. I went to a recent online event. Afterwards, I got separate email uh, solicitations from eight of the partners who are aspiring at the webinar, right? So I'm unsubscribing from eight different lists just for <laughs> attending the one-hour webinar. And, and, of course, each partner tried to include a value-add piece of content. They weren't just trying to spam me with products, but the problem was... They don't really know me or my concerns, and so they're just kind of 
in my mind, they're just kind of seeing throwing stuff up against the wall to see what sticks. Is there is there a smarter future, or is this a problem? I it's a problem for me. I just don't. Maybe I'm too cranky. Yeah. I, well, I think you're. Um, I think you know what the future could hold, and so your your expectations are simply ahead of. <laughs> could be. I think they're simply ahead of where we are from a technology perspective. I I think what you're seeing is good intentions, like you said, right? So you've got brands that understand that they can't just push products, so they try to create thought leadership and research based kind of thinking, and and they're trying to be helpful. They're they're banding together with other you know like minded folks and. And, and then, yeah, and then the follow-up, it totally falls apart because they're all separately working together. I mean, in the future, I think we're going to create the content experiences we want. But to get to your specific question, I mean, email is still a really valid way that we consume and act upon information, especially that act-upon part. Uh, and, you know, I, if you want to get me going, talk about personas. You know, there's consultants all over right. the world who get paid lots of money to develop personas that are completely unactionable if that's a word, for the brands that they're working for. Um, all I want to know when I'm, when I'm looking at the target audience is what content are they consuming, where, and what are they doing with it. And when you do that, you see that search is still important. People say SEO is dead. It's not dead. Um, social is important. People say social is a fad. It's not a fad. Um, email is still a really huge component of, especially from a conversion perspective, content that drives conversion. So if you look at the audience and the way we consume information, you might be getting too much of it. And I think in the future, we're going to do a better job of presenting it to you. But for now, it's an important channel, and I think we're going to continue to see advancements in it. Yeah, and, and, and we could also mention that email is a really integral component of a lot of the marketing automation, state-of-the-art schemes that we're hearing about now where you're triggering uh, personalized communication based on various events, right? And so everyone has weighted scores based on their level of interaction, and it has a lot of potential to be a very personalized part of a personalized experience. I'm just not quite seeing it yet, which I think gets us to our final topic I wanted to get into, which is kind of the shameless plug period of this uh, broadcast. I really want to give you a chance to share a little bit about um, the some of the problems that you're trying to tackle with, with NewsCred that we've discussed and kind of your, your bigger ambitions here. I mean, you're trying to build a, a content uh, marketing software empire from what I can tell. So how does one go about that? What are you trying to do? Yeah, I appreciate it, and and I'll, I'm not, I'm going to leave it as as non-promotional as possible. But um, you know, from a personal point of view, and and the com and the comment you made right before that was a perfect segue uh, into personalization and targeting. So I'll, I'll come back around to that. But um, you know, the reason I joined I joined this company. This is a marketing technology company. You know, I worked uh, at SAP about uh, 12 miles down the road from my house. Um, I'm now commuting up to New York and traveling all over the world, meeting with customers. And the reason I took that shift, I, I made that bet uh, on, a, on a startup marketing technology company, is because I believe that marketing is broken, essentially. I don't believe we market like the year we're in, to kind of coin a phrase from Gary Vaynerchuk. And, um, you know, be, be, and I think the solution to the marketing problem is brands telling better stories and connecting with their audience through the information that we as consumers need or we as consumers want from an entertaining perspective. I believe that brands can do a better job. Um, I've seen, I've, I've helped one do it. I've, I've helped more now since I've joined NewsCred. Um, and so that's what we've done. Uh, we became a customer um, at SAP of NewsCreds because uh, we have access to over 5,000 publishers. So what you can do is, as a brand, you can tap into the authority and the intelligence 
of, of media companies all over the world, and you can publish their content with full licensing attribution, but on your brand experience. So I can publish a Fast Company article um, on the NewsCred blog, um, bring people to our brand experience, and hopefully allow them to convert. So that's number one. Uh, number two, we offer workflow and editorial calendaring and um, uh, uh, sourcing, topic recommendations, and, and all the analytics. So basically everything you would need to go from, I don't do any brand publishing or content marketing today, to I'm a fully functioning owned media platform of content marketing. So that's that's basically what NewsCred does. Uh, but to come back around to, to sort of the segue, um, where we're going is to deliver the content people want when they want it, where they want it. So you talked about you know CRM and marketing automation systems know uh, and can track even the content journey you might be taking for the customers in the database that we know about. Um, where we're headed is uh, when John Reed comes to the NewsCred website and shares one of our blog posts, we're going to be able to know that. We're going to know how influential you are. We're going to be able to know the content journey that you're traveling before you came to us, what you did after you did, um, what you shared and what you did after that. And so um, really getting deep into understanding what we're doing at a people level, at a personal level, so that we can better target and inform the audiences that we're trying to reach. That's the direction we're headed in. Interesting. So uh, when you're talking with a group of potential prospects, what kinds of questions are they asking you? Uh, you know, so it starts with questions like the ROI question, which we talked a little bit about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and the answer is, well, you know, we can help you with that. Uh, um, a lot of brands are struggling with, they just don't know what they have. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about audits and inventories and just really getting a handle on the cost and utilization component. Um, some brands now, we're seeing a lot of brands that have, you know, dipped their toe in the water, they're testing, they don't know if it's working, um, or they see what's working, but they're trying to scale it. And so... Uh, we can not only help build the platform or the engine or the machine of content marketing, uh, but now we're helping a lot of brands scale that around the world. Um, Capgemini's Content Loop is a great example uh, of a brand that has taken, they bring licensed content to an owned content platform in their own brand experience, and then they're driving leads literally directly to practice leaders in their consulting organizations. So good examples there. Uh, um, analytics and, and measurement, you know, what am I doing? What's working? What should I be doing more of? Uh, you know, those are some of the big questions. And, and then, you know, for many organizations, it's, um, hey, you know what, I don't know where to start. I don't know what I don't know. You know, can you take me through the entire process? And so we're actually seeing a lot more interest now in brands that are sort of waking up almost overnight, uh, waking up to this need like, hey, I get my advertising isn't working. I understand I need the right skills, um, but I don't have them yet. So can you help me bridge the gap to get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm hearing you talk a lot about um, systems that help people to scale, manage content without being overwhelmed, and and also having the analytics from those systems to create more personalized experiences for their customers and prospects. Is that a lot about what you're talking about? Exactly. Summary. Okay. Yeah, and my my two cents is that I think I think that kind of stuff is needed because um, without without really good systems, content becomes overwhelming. It, you have to create a sustainable means of putting it out there. Um, in my mind, and what we struggle with a lot at Digenomic is still working with our own partners, and they're working on it, believe me, but it's a challenge of moving beyond branded content. Because I think you made a really good point around the fact that the sales cycle encompasses all different kinds of content. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a there's a time and a place for blogs about, you know, check out our awesome new release, you know, yeah. or you know, the last event was incredible, you know, and the keynote was amazing, and everyone did such a great job, and and you know, but but there's also content in there, right? There's content about what what works and what doesn't, how to install certain kinds of software, what the problems are. That's all really valuable, but I think where brands still have a challenge is essentially becoming influencers, you know, like mm -hmm. essentially learning how to to speak on issues in a way that is compelling to people who have no interest in the brand whatsoever. Um, one of my favorites when he was at, at Salesforce.com was J.P. Rangaswamy. He's now moved on from self, Salesforce, but he wrote about CRM-related issues, but in, in a much bigger context um, that was very personal. And... Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the kind of stuff I think that companies are going to have a challenge with. I don't know if you have the same experience, but that's kind of I think I think what you're addressing is really important and that then I think there's this other piece you know it's like yeah, you have the systems to manage it, but if you can't figure out how to communicate on that level, it's going to be hard, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's a really it's just a way of thinking and and I'll give you one quick example. Um, so you know, SAP did a lot of customer testimonial talking head videos of customers and, and uh, spent a lot of money. And the, the target audience for that is really the sales guy at the like last moment of sale, right? right? This is a, hey, we want to show you somebody who's just like you who bought our stuff and why. Yep. And they spent a lot of money on that. And, and so, you know, I didn't get a lot of budget when we started developing content uh, as, a, as a service, if you will, at SAP. So I went to folks like that and I said, hey, that's a great piece of content for a very specific late stage kind of need. But you know what? You interviewed somebody who's really interesting, right? So this guy's the right. CIO of Verizon. I want to know more about him, right? Why don't you just ask a couple more questions like, hey, Joe, tell me about the biggest challenge you faced in your career. Or if you could talk to your younger right. self, what advice would you give? And so in those talking head videos that like three people would view on YouTube because it was all really kind of an internal piece of content, we turn those things into something that 2,000, 20,000, 200,000 people might view because it was personal, it was interesting, and it wasn't just so specific to, to a late stage. And so, you know, the yeah. big challenge there is once you start thinking like an, like an editor or a publisher or a, a journalist, you start to realize that there's content opportunities all over organizations. The thinking sure. expertise is there. You just got to tap into it. Well, I like what you said. That's a very good specific example of the, the you know, just take Verizon for whatever reason, uh, because what I have advocated in that situation is is pull back. You could even do the same video shoot, or it could be separate videos, but the same location. You start with what are your industry challenges. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what's happening in telecommunications. Tell us what the disruptions are. How are you dealing with them, right? And and so, and that's the context. And then you start looking at the technology impact. What's the impact of cloud, of mobile, of whatever? These are broader themes that people who have, you know, very little interest in your proprietary solutions still want to know about. And exactly. and, and like you said, it's it's not actually that hard to do because it's right there for you. Mm -hmm. You can do it in the exact same context. But I do think, Michael, I would rather train a journalist how to how to do a marketing video than train a marketer how to do a journalistic video. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I don't want to be too hard on marketing folks because there's some really great ones out there, but I'm telling you, man, it's it's tough sometimes. Yeah. It's like uh, I just think it's just kind of a different I don't know, it's a different mentality. It's like a, um, a different way of thinking about how to produce content, I guess, and it takes some practice 
but I guess there's a learning curve no matter how you look at it. So yeah, exactly. I'm optimistic. I, I see, uh, you know, these sort of younger. I can't even call them kids anymore. I mean, millennials. There's 35 year old millennials now, but uh, you know, they sort of grew up in the digital world and they they they've yeah. been social from the time they were you know old enough to remember. And they understand that we live in in a world that shares and consumes and loves information. And I'm optimistic that we're going to see marketers that have that sensibility of creating and sharing content, uh, even beyond when it's just about the party they were at last night. And there's a lot of journalists who are available for work right now, as we know. So, so there's a lot of different ways you can tackle this issue. There's a deep bench um, we can tap into, right? Yeah, there really is, man. Every every day there's another headline about you know some media letting more people go. So there's yeah. talent out there. There's, I guess I would say to those who are watching, there's talent out there. Yeah. So, Michael, we should wrap. Uh, do you have any final comments, advice for anyone out there who's watching, or are we good? No, I think we're good. I mean, the only thing I would leave you with is just, um, you know, for anybody who's interested, please feel free to reach out to NewsCred or check me out. You can see my Twitter handle there. Um, you know, I, don't, I, I would say I would leave you with this. Content marketing is not as hard as people think it is. Uh, if, as long as you can adjust your thinking to think about helping customers, I, I, I don't think there's a brand in the world that can't do it. All right, Michael. Are there any uh, upcoming... Uh, events we should take note of on the NewsGrid calendar or any uh, resources people should be checking out? Um, definitely check out our website. We're going to be relaunching our website in a few weeks here, so newsgrid.com. Oh, okay. And um, uh, we'll be having a customer summit, I think, in the late spring, but TBD, so we'll more, more details to come. Finally got you to do a stainless plug. It took me a while, but <laughs> last 30 seconds, we did it. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, enjoy it, Michael. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Take care.